Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, uh, where the plays aren't optimized, but they sure as heck are fun. I'm one of your hosts, Andy. Uh, I'm Bruce. And today we are going to talk about a tweet that we came across. We scroll through Twitter a lot, as is the used during these times. I admit, I doom scroll all the time. <laughs> oh my god. And, uh... One of one of my favorite people on Twitter right now is uh, Shivambot. He's Girapori Gears on Twitter. Member of the 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 CAG, which I am blanking Commander on. Commander Advisory Committee. Commander Advisory Group. Yeah, sure, that makes more sense because that would be the G part. <laughs> uh, and he's the host of Casual Magic podcast. Great guy. If you're if you're ever doom scrolling, just just hop over to his feed. Anyway, he <laughs> he tweeted the other day. What do you think pro tournament level EDH would look like? Now, it's a tough question. It seems like an oxymoron to uh, some morons like us. Bruce, what, how did you respond to this? Uh, I responded poorly. Uh, <laughs> basically, the way I initially thought of it was, if you create a pro tournament level EDH, then essentially what you're doing is you're trying to put all the pro tour trappings into a format that is essentially commander. This just struck me as such a bad idea. One, we all already know that adding prizes and prize support to a commander game makes it less fun. It has to because people then start to focus on trying to win the game as opposed to trying to have as much fun as possible playing the game. Uh, I get that. A lot of people winning the game is enough. Um, in any event, I looked at this and saw a situation where if this exists, then it's something that players will aspire to, especially players that are newer to Commander, which means they'll be looking at these deck lists that Pro Level would be using and will want to copy those deck lists. So one, yeah. Commander then gets way more expensive, and two, the decks that you're playing against in the wild become way more oppressive, way oh, tougher, yeah. way tougher to play against. And as a generally budget player, I think that EDH is facing kind of a, a, a rift right now. In in a generalization, there's there's two types of EDH players. There's there's the players who want to just win. There's the players who want as much fun. Now, there's obviously overlap. There's a lot of people in the first group who will say, like, oh, but winning is fun. Right. Which, yeah, I mean... Simply put, you've described what I see as less two camps and more of the continuum. And I think most people land somewhere in the middle. You know, I mean, look, I'm not playing Commander with the goal that I want to lose every single game. That's not my (laughs) goal. Um, That makes one of us. But but I will say that, you know, I'm far more interested in seeing a fun game than I am in getting the win. I mean, yeah. we just had our game last week and uh, I got off to a great start. I thought I was going really well. And then John came over with a, a Cornelia, made a couple of great <laughs> plays and took me out in one turn. And then John did not even win that game. And to be quite honest, I had forgotten who had won the game. Yeah. Because I remembered the play. I remembered John's big play with a Cornelia because that's what I'm going to remember out of that game, not who won. So that's sort of where my driver sits. And I think a pro level takes that away. Um, And this is not, just to be clear, this is not a slam on CEDH players. Yeah, it's hardly even a slam on people who are trying to play the game to win. For me, at least, when I was talking about, when I considered how pro level would work, 
I wasn't thinking about a group of CEDH decks pounding away at each other because I think there's a, you know, there's a time and a place for that. Again, I don't want that to be the aspirant level for the new player is to look at premier decks and say, that's what I should be going for. But honestly, pro level decks are not going to be what the current CEDH decks are. A pro level deck will find ways so that they goldfish wins by on turn two with some level of consistency. I have no idea how to make that happen, <laughs> but I do know that this will happen. We've seen it in Pro Tour Legacy decks where players who are dedicated legacy players, for the most part, barely hold their own against players who are Pro Tour level, either playing those same decks or finding a deck that's just simply far better than what, what was initially seen. So, like I said, I'm not slamming EDH players. I'm just saying that having a format where we create a level where we want to see players aspire to that high level of, of commander play with these amazing decks is not where commander should be going. I think that's a huge mistake. Yeah, it fundamentally changes the goal of the game from playing the game to winning the game. Right. I really believe that Commander has always been and should always be about maximizing the level of fun amongst the players themselves, which means that if I'm going to bring out a deck that's going to give me 100% fun, but it's going to make everybody else miserable, then I shouldn't be playing that deck. I want to play decks where everybody is going to have a good time. In any event, that's where I was headed. But rather than look at... Uh, I mean, I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about how bad a Pro Tour level right. setup would be. What I want to talk about is, well, let's go the other route. Rather than create something where you've got Pro Tournament level EDH, why not create something that, that features a high level of fun and excitement about Commander? The whole point of doing a feature or a series is to sell the cards. So we want to sell Commander. The best way to sell Commander is to sell what Commander is. It's a group of people having a really good time. And you combine that with fun people and fun decks. So my sort of response to that is, or at least my tweet was, uh, the format should look at creating a streamed league full of fun personalities, showing off insane and wild decks, creating memorable moments with no one tracking wins. So no points, no winner. Like, I mean, obviously the game ends when someone wins but we're not concerned with the win. So I sort of wanted to talk about this. I wanted to talk, I wanted Andy and I to sort of throw it back and forth and see what we thought this would look like. How does this go? Right off the bat, there's a couple things I don't really want to talk about because to me, these are <laughs> these are things that can really get us bogged down to the point where we wouldn't yeah. actually get to talk about any of the fun stuff. Um, I don't want to talk about how we decide who should be on this series or how we decide to replace people and put new people in. Because if you're going to do a series, you can't just have the same group of people there week after week after week after week after week. Then you might as well just choose the guys from Loading Ready Run and say, run a commander game every week. <laughs> I want a little more variety. I mean, they kind of do that oh. too. Um, and don't but... get me wrong, they're great. They're great. Yeah. And honestly, there are probably people with LRR that I would love to see on this um, but my... oh yeah, I mean, so the the base concept here is have a uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong uh, with your idea, have a wizards sponsored uh, weekly or so video or stream where uh, it's 
essentially game nights level production with high profile or low profile some sort of personality in the community that will continue to rotate in and out uh in some sort of 16 person four person pod uh and roughly yes yeah 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 that's that's what i'm thinking about you can argue the numbers you can say maybe 20 maybe 12 maybe whatever right but Roughly speaking, I think you can easily choose 16 people out of the community who would oh, yeah. be a blast to watch play. And if you're only looking at one game a week, and that's what I'm looking at. I want it to be one game a week. I want it to be, you know, same time, same place every week. I'm not necessarily, I'm not looking at it being live because I, I like the idea of the quality. I like the idea of all the rest of it that can go yeah. into it. And realistically you can have it set up so that these four players played the game a month earlier two months earlier either way that's what i'm looking for so i guess my main question here like i said let's forget about how they stay on and how we add new people and all this kind of thing because that's not relevant what kind of a style are we looking at i mean obviously there's i mean we've already referenced game nights right i mean you know this is the elephant this is the elephant in the room they're already doing something like this they do it on a once-a-month basis. Um, it's almost always Josh and Jimmy and two other people. And I love this. However, I want to see a bigger cast. I want to see more rotation. If you do it weekly, you're going to see a much deeper pool of, of decks. Oh, yeah. Um, they're doing it once a month. We're, we're looking at four times as much. So four times as many decks. There could be all kinds of requirements. I would initially say that everybody can only play the, that a deck once. But anyways, so there's the game night style, and I think most of us are, you know, recognize what I'm what I'm talking about here with the the gameplay, and then occasionally you have the the sit down on the side where they talk about why they made the play or something that happened or something along that lines. Um, then there's the commander versus style. Yeah, and I like this. It's much more live uh, with less editing. I know it's not live, but well, I think I think it's live now, um, or maybe not now. Now, but right. um, I know they switched over to streaming it live and then doing minor editing for the for the YouTube. Right. But, so there's um, that. To me, the real player with Commander Versus is the idea that there's always uh, there there are points going on in the background. Right. So every game, you you get points by doing certain things. I don't know that I necessarily want that in in the series. And honestly, I don't think I've ever gone into a Commander versus episode being like, okay, this person's in first with these amount of points. Like, I mean, they do the recap at the beginning, but like, I don't think I've ever cared. Um, there are people out there who do, but I think with this format, it it, it does that perfectly. Where it does, it, I I watch for the human to human interaction of Jeremy to Steven or whatever. Right. Um, and it's, it's the, it's their table talk rather than, uh, the efficient play. Or I like the, the points. I like that. It brings another level to the game, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm not sure if like you would have to be very careful with how you set up the points yeah. so that you're, so that the game's, stops being about crazy insane plays and starts being about how do you structure the points because as soon as you put point values on things then your focus is shifting more even more towards winnings that thing 
even if there's right. no prize at the end. With with Commander Versus, I think the points specifically work because it is the same four people each week. Right. It feels like the points are there because they knew from the start that if we do this week after week, we are going to get somewhat bored of the format where we need we need that that extra step of of competition um or at least like to set us apart from the rest Um, right like i mean one of the things that uh that we used to do way back when uh when i played with a another group three groups four groups ago was (laughs) for uh at the start of the night everybody who's there uh, mm-hmm. Anties a pack of cards. So you brought a pack of magic cards with you, and you anteed it up. So yep. you threw it in the middle, and the winner of the the winner of the game would get one of the packs. That already makes so me you feel could so. Pull the pack out, and generally speaking, we all cracked it right there because you weren't going to hold on to it. But for us, for my for for that particular group, a single pack of cards was essentially of no value at all. <laughs> right. It, you know, I mean, oh, okay. So, you know, we each ponied up $3 and we're playing Magic for the entire night. It was very much a case of who cares? Yeah. You know, I mean, it just it just wasn't relevant. And yeah, I mean, every once in a while, somebody pulls a really cool card. But for the most part, nobody cared. If you still had the option to go for the big play or not, you did it. It just, it brought a second level. And that's sort of what I'd love to see, but it's really tough to have that kind of balance where you can get that extra level, but at the same time, it just doesn't carry the meaning. So yeah, I think having any sort of prize support is bad, uh, or at least for for this idea, uh, it would need to be framed in more of like the idea of like a TV show where uh, these people are essentially actors. Uh, they're using their personality and their words to be entertaining more than the gameplay. The gameplay is there to facilitate the conversation, to facilitate the the forward momentum of the program. Um, but generally they are being paid for, if this was sponsored by wizards, they would be being paid for their time rather than who wins. Yeah. Uh, so it's generally even across the board, nobody is being paid to win. They're there because they are personalities. Right. Um, so, and the other, the other sort of option that I would like to, that I sort of wanted to throw into the, into the ring here yeah. is, Pro Tour style uh, layout. So when I say this, I mean we've got commentators and we've got, uh, you can have like a main desk. Um, The idea is that the commentary is something that could be overlaid on top of the game after the game. So you can have each person sitting on the couch in the hot seat talking about why they made various plays. You've got the commentators who will have already seen the game and then they can commentate on the game as it goes along with the idea being, you know, that you can add a level of tension to the game. I also like the idea of when you watch any of the Pro Tour coverage, there's always somebody there to go over uh, uh, the deck list. Well, you can certainly do that here as well. I will say right off the bat, I'm not particularly sold on the idea of a commentary for a Commander game. I don't know that it's ever been done. I think... If you're going to get people in there to sell the game by showing off the personalities and all this, I don't think you want the commentary over it. You want to hear what these people are saying. You want to hear the interactions and hear the fun they're having. I don't, oh, absolutely. I don't think I need a commentator to tell me how much fun they're having. This isn't completely about the decks. And I think the people 
in the group can probably tell you when somebody's down to their last out, they know it. The table knows it. So they're just sort of like, yeah, and see what happens. Um, so I don't know that you need the commentary, but I do like the idea of, uh, you know, a discussion afterwards. Like, why did this happen? Why did this happen? And it can either be with the players themselves, all just sort of, you know, hanging out on a couch after the game, discussing the game. Or maybe you bring somebody in. You can bring in, like, the host of the series who can do the interviews afterwards and just sort of have a discussion or have somebody come in and, Andy, you, you know, we saw this great, you know, you made this great play in this game. We want to go through, let's let's talk about your deck and see where, how, how is it that these two pieces work in your deck? And then, you know, have a, have a discussion back and forth between person questioning and and you as far as why the deck performed that way or how how that came about was that the goal of the deck or was it just a lucky a lucky happenstance where two cards just worked out the right way at the right time kind of thing so right and i think i think with that there's this this level of like not getting ahead of the comments but i mean with anything you've got people on both sides being like you did good or you did bad um and I think it's funny because people always compare magic to either poker or chess, uh, two things that are somewhat nichely still televised. Right. And I think if you go with the, the, the poker comparison, you've got the pro tour or, you know, players tour or whatever it's called now, which is, you know, professional magic. And if, if this were a format, if this, this casual EDH broadcast right. was a format um i could see it being more closely resembling like a like when bravo had the celebrity poker tournaments uh where it's like you're playing and there is a goal to win but like it is more about getting these celebrities in a room and right. having them play a game it's a game so there's the goal to win but it is not the goal of the idea. And with that, you also have, like, the talking heads. You've got the people on the couch. You've got, like, oh, what did you think of this when this happened? And I, it would also then bring into the equation, as a viewer, do you have complete information? Do you know what's in everybody's hand at any point in time? Or is it you know what is on the board? And I think with, with something like this, you wouldn't necessarily need to know what's in everybody's hands. I think there's those plays in every game where you have that decision to make the most powerful play or the most optimized play or whatever. Uh, and sometimes you don't necessarily want to take those. So I think giving that to the audience, it, it doesn't necessarily lead to better coverage. Right. So I guess the other tie-in then is, given what we're looking for, can this even happen? Is this, is this something that, that, <laughs> that can happen? Could you produce game, night, game nights once a week? Yes, uh, <laughs> absolutely. You, you, given given uh, given enough given enough money and enough people, you can produce game nights as frequently as you want. You just have to throw enough money at it to make it happen. So, so the real question is: it, Can Hasbro fund something like this? And the answer is yes. Um, and I think it comes with a lot of balance issues, where it's like they want people to watch, so they want the stakes higher but something something that has been always thrown around with like even a wizard sponsored event like the pre-pre-releases 
the the unofficial tagline is always the stakes have never been lower um because i mean until now (laughs) right and so like with with this idea i think that would need to be transferred over of things aren't gonna happen to the best of everyone's ability things aren't gonna be if you're not gonna want the 16 top most optimized decks in this league because it's just it's not it's not about that and i think what is advantageous for wizards is the fact that they are the ones that make the cards so they can dictate when uh things happen right and i think i mean at least part of this is the idea is i mean you would make that clear at the start right there is there is definitely an allure for somebody who is getting on this stage for the first time they don't want to look like a chump they don't want to be the one who brings that lousy deck that just can't compete and get blown out nobody wants to be that guy you know that everybody is going to bring something that is at the very least optimized for that level just because you brought phallid tribal (laughs) it is going to be the best phallid tribal that anybody has ever seen yeah because because you're going to brag about every single card that hits the table you're going to be like bam there's my basic forest check it out looks like i got a bunch of phthalates hanging down from this tree or you know and it'll just go on and on and look optimizing phthalates is one thing optimizing another (laughs) something else can prove to be fatal but you do want to have people in there who understand what you're gunning for there has to be an understanding that this was the game that was supposed to be played for this week it turns out the game was lousy we're going to play another game so shuffle up here we go i think that was one of my favorite things about the early episodes of game nights is that they did multiple games in an episode like if a game went too fast that they just kind of like cut to the end and then started a new one uh and uh the great thing with this is that it's a double-edged sword where because they are coming from the source they have access to the next set which, I mean, is just like Game Nights. Game Nights uh, has early access to these cards so they can get the episode out on time so that they can uh, hype up the audience to the next set. Right. So uh, is... so you could, have these, you could have these special episodes every however as each set comes out. Um, but the issue there comes with then you're kind of taking away that exclusivity of those smaller creators which I think is like huge. I think a lot of the magic community, especially the EDH and commander community, uh, relies on those smaller creators. You've got you know all these different, uh, even just beyond commander. Yeah, between your smaller, the small scale streamers, the Twitter personalities who you know who who get a card because it happens to fit with whatever their personal set is or whatever. Um, no, my. My push here was the idea that can Wizards make this happen knowing, with all of us knowing that, that this is essentially an advertisement. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to put together a, okay, so this week we're going to run with all of the Ikoria Commander decks. And then, you know, when the next big set comes out and we get four more Commander decks, that we're going to run with that. And when Commander Legends comes out, we're going to say, okay, well, you know, we're going to try a draft. We're going right. to do a four-player draft. We're going to draft it the way we sort of anticipated it would go and see how that goes. 
But at what point does does Wizards be, being in charge of this scenario mean that the push is going to be for the new cards? That the push is going to be to advertise right. product? I mean, does this become overwhelming to the point where you essentially have 16 people just shilling a product? And, you know, they've all got permanent grins on their faces and they all just like, yes, we love the product. Yay! Go Wizards! <laughs> right. We love Commander! We love Commander. At some point, you start to recognize this is just—it's—it's it's just not sincere. They're not genuinely happy or excited about what's going on, and they're just, you know, pumping right. the product. So between—I mean, between those two, those two ideas, between taking it away from the community, which this is a community-driven format, um, no matter what people say, and taking it upon themselves to just be advertising, I—I um, I think it—it it comes down to this, this thing that has been kind of going around the community for the past couple of weeks where with the release of the walking dead secret layer which i don't want to get into no. right now um if ever uh it has brought to the forefront this idea that that commander is being slowly ripped away from the community that created it um that continues to make it thrive and is just a product of wizards which to an extent is exactly what it is. I think with the release of the release after release after release of commander products, specifically commander products, it is a it's a format that is being formed and molded by wizards because they know it is the biggest format by player base. And you've got the things like the secret lair which are keeping eternal formats in mind um and you've got backlash and this could just as easily be the same thing where uh you've got people who are like this is this is bogus because it's just this and then you've got people who realize like oh like if this is something that wizards is just doing to promote commander and commander product they're slowly just getting their grip into even just the rules committee Um, right if you're doing this on a weekly basis and wizards is mm -hmm. the one footing the bill you can't tell me for even one second that the you know as soon as the walking dead gets released that three days later you don't see the next round of this particular series featuring four legends from from that series you know that you don't see those if not as commanders then definitely at least as part of the 99 most likely as commanders and that's going to happen every single time because as long as Wizards is going to put out that kind of money, they're going to expect that kind of response back. So they would just do that every single time. I mean, Commander Legends is coming out. It wouldn't take more than a split second for them to say, okay, so there's 71 Legends in this in this set. So I don't want to see a Commander deck that doesn't feature one of those 71 Legends every week for the next four weeks. I mean... That's not that hard. And it's, I wouldn't even consider that to be too unreasonable either. It's just how much control do you want to give give to Wizards on this kind of thing? I mean, I think that's exactly what's going on with Game Nights. I think that's exactly going what's going on with uh, Loading Ready Runs pre-releases. I think it's, it's they are essentially funding these things. Um, and they are essentially advertisements. And not even to say that that is a bad thing. I think... It is giving us the content that we want. It is giving a bit of creative control to these creators, which is great. It is giving them a livelihood. 
I, I get really frustrated when people are like, oh, this thing is just a cash grab by Hasbro, or this is a thing that Wizards is doing just for more money. And it's like, yeah, it's a product. It's, it's a game that you are buying into. And uh, I think that the idea that this format, this, this tour, for, essentially, would it being just an advertisement is both good and bad. I think it, it creates a, a customer base for to like make the product thrive, to make the, the format thrive of Commander. Um, but it is also like you have to be aware that that is exactly what's happening. Um, right. And there's a part of me that says, okay, so then take Wizards out of the equation. But I don't right. know that there's necessarily enough advertising revenue to be able to produce something at the quality that we're talking about on a weekly basis with, I, I just don't know that there's enough advertising out there for that. Um, you know, I mean, I look I think, at game nights, they've, they've added ads, they've added right. their, their advertisements in the middle of the program and they've, they're, they were already sponsored. So they've got their sponsorship and they've got the advertising and they have to do this to make it work. And I get that. And I'm supportive of that, but how do you, you know, can you turn that into something where, where we're looking at a weekly event and and I, I just don't know because on top of what, what we're already saying, because I mean, realistically, Game Nights is looking at paying a wage to a handful of people and the series that I'm talking about would be paying the wage. Set the alarm for when. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Siri. You hush for a minute. Um, is... Uh, it, it, it would be greater by magnitude. You'd need yeah. that many more people and that much more, you know, we're not talking about just the four people playing the commander game. You're talking about 16 people playing and you've got to provide them with some, some reason to play. So there's going to be some dollars there. Right. And then you've got all of these people in the background doing, producing it. And right. if you take wizards out of the equation, I just don't know that there's enough money there to be able to do it in such a way so that it doesn't feel like you're shilling a product. And even without Wizards in the mix, you know, then you're just shilling something else. And, right. you know, where is it okay to be, is it is it somehow better that you've now created a series that is selling uh, deodorant versus <laughs> a series that's selling magic cards because Wizards is sponsoring it. Well, wouldn't it make more sense to let Wizards sponsor it? I guess there's there's a balance there and I don't I don't know if Wizards can walk that line. I think I personally I don't mind when it seems like, you know, creators are quote unquote chilling to promote Wizards products. They are a fan especially YouTube. You've you've got people who are using either Wizards products or Wizards money to do their own thing. Um, with something like this, if you take out all Wizard money and it's just fully self-funded, whether through other promotional pieces or through uh, like a Patreon, you are losing a bit of legitimacy. Um, there, There's this idea where Wizards gives out preview cards say or they right. they uh they fund mm -hmm. certain streams or certain creators because they believe in those products or they believe in those streamers they believe in those people they believe in uh the products that they're putting out there so with that comes this this self-believed legitimacy of like oh my god like i i got a preview card from wizards 
So I must have, to an extent, quote-unquote, made it. Like, I, I made it. I am legitimate to an extent because I have this. Which is brilliant, honestly, on Wizards' part that they can they can have that control over a creator's legitimacy. Um, but if you take out all Wizard funding from a product like this, quote-unquote, pro-EDH or casual broadcast league, you end up losing some sort of legitimacy but you also you can stand on your morals of i'm not i'm doing this for the game rather than for the company uh so it's it's this weird two-edged backwards thing um and speaking of your own morals and shilling Mm -hmm. for another company i'd like to uh take this moment to uh, thank our sponsor for tonight's episode For tonight's episode, our sponsor is Goblin Game. Goblin Game, a seven mana sorcery in red, of course, because where else would it be, where I can now take the chance at losing half my life. Goblin Game. Everybody loves a good Goblin Game. Andy, back to you. <laughs> I, uh, I, I I think this, this, this whole thing kind of rides a very fine line between you've got the first point of uh, how do you make something where people are competing not be competitive it's a game and I think it kind of comes down to the very essence of EDH where of course you want to win the game but you also are striving for people to have as much fun to have an experience rather than uh, have the end result which between you and me, we, I've, I've forgotten how many games I've won. Because not through a sheer number, because we all know I don't win most games, but mostly because I don't think of that as my game being done. Like, I, I'm not, it's, it's not the goal of my game to win, so I never remember if I won or not. So, Andy, just to be clear, I track all kinds of stuff. I track the number of articles I wrote. I track the number of words that I've produced in articles. I, I organize all of my cards. Not not just the rares, all of them. Even the jank, the garbage, the stuff that should be tossed in the fire. It's all organized. It's by color-coded, all this, on and on and on. I don't keep track of my wins. Because yeah. why? Why would you do that? That's just... there. There is no rhyme nor reason to keeping track of that kind of a thing. A win doesn't mean that you played a particularly great game. Uh, I would say most of my wins come on the back of a game where I just had a bad start and everybody left me alone. And then I built up at the end and blasted into a win. And, you know, great for me. But To use that example from earlier, uh, I was the one who ended up winning that game and I was so far behind every single turn of that game. Uh, the one with yeah. where A. Cornelia beat you, and then there was just nothing left of John's life total that I just kind of came in and stole it. Right. Um, I remember winning because it was just so absurd. Um, but when I'm thinking back on decks on how to improve or whatever, I don't think of my win rate. Uh, I think of what did I want to do with it and how can I make sure that that happens? Right. I think of how, like how many times I missed land drops or whatever. Right. Um, so I guess in a way, this is sort of a long winded way of us both saying that running a series 
that would do this is far more difficult than running a series where you're simply choosing the best decks and the best players and (laughs) having them bash their heads against each other to see who is the best. Because in those situations, they're not looking for a balance. They're looking for a win. They're looking for a final single person left standing. And we're not looking for that. We're just looking, we're looking for an entertainment. Uh, This is not a televised sport. This is a televised comedy. Right. This is like a, like the variety hour type thing. Like it's just, it's acts. It's the people that you came to see rather than the, the game. Right. Um, It, it, it's so tough because it's just like, it is a game with rules. Yes. We want to make sure that those rules are followed. Yes. But there's no consequence. Like it's, it's these people would be paid for their time rather than if they won a game. Right. And, it's 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 so hard because it's you want the wizard's approval you want to be able to have that funding to make it happen whether it's their own doing or through a third party funding right but you also don't want to have wizards have their hand in the pie of like we also get to control the rules now um and i think that that would be a slippery slope we have seen this before of like how much does wizards affect the rules of a fan-made community of uh, a fan-made what's the word format yeah. i've said this word a hundred times <laughs> so andy to just sort of to, to bring this to an end and wrap it up yeah can this happen and should this happen <laughs> i I think as a very specific scenario that we have set up, I don't think it can happen. I think it is already happening. The community has created somewhat of a generalized idea of what it means to play Magic on a regular basis, what it means to have this this spectator sport of Commander. Uh, throughout this pandemic, we've gotten people like Olivia Gobert-Hicks, we've got people like Jeremy Knoll, we've got people like Ben Wheeler, um, who host these these weekly streams of magic, generally centered around Commander, and generally centered around these cast of characters. Um, that is low stakes to no stakes. Uh, people don't keep track of the wins, people are hanging out, they're, they're having a drink, they're eating chips they're talking a chat um obviously with this example that we've been talking about there isn't really much of a chat to right. to interact with but that that is their their format of twitch um their platform um and so like it's it's a murky question of like can it happen i think in the strictest sense no because to have wizards be so involved takes the spirit of commander and kind of like throws it to the wind having a non or a non-competitive format that is broadcast on a semi-regular basis i hope continues past past the whole pandemic right um but i think having like a a well-defined regulated stream broadcast whatever you want Mm -hmm. to call it uh it's it's tough to define it i guess right i don't know the way I see it, very, very briefly. So, yeah. can it happen? Yes. 
I definitely think it can happen. Uh, I think um, I think Wizards recognizes how much money Commander brings in, and quite <laughs> honestly, uh, you know, putting putting the kind of effort into creating a a weekly program with a rotating cast of characters is just not asking too much. I think that Wizards absolutely can do this. Should they? <laughs> I would say that Wizards should with the caveat that I would want it to be a predetermined length of time. So you choose your 16 people, maybe you have it preset for six weeks, five weeks, eight weeks, however long, pick your, pick your length. And when it's done, it's done. Yeah. And it just it just sort of needs to wash from there. Because I can see this, uh, I think, over the long term. I think that's when, that's when you start seeing people get jaded. I think that's when Wizards starts looking at other things to, to spice it up, to make the change, yeah. to do this, that, or the other. Um, I think if you've got a predetermined length, so you know, you know that, you know, for the next, that you've got eight episodes worth of material and information uh, wizards can look at those eight shows and say we want to see this 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 and in, in or this in one program and this in the next and this in the next and you can have all that set up and then when it's done it's done so that way it also limits the amount of money that wizards is putting into it and and everybody understands that this is going to come to an end and then at that point when you create the void there's a good chance that somebody else will try and step in at least to some extent or at yeah. least you'll have created an audience which then searches elsewhere which searches for the smaller streamer which searches for the group that that streams on commander uh, that will pump up the commander versus and the game nights and the you know the other options so that's what that's what i'd love to see now again hope springs eternal yeah i i like the idea of a of a limited run um i think that that definitely ups the the is it able to be done uh factor i think it would it would benefit if anything from being limited uh i.e celebrity jeopardy or something where it's like right it's limited and it it's never too high of stakes and people are competing for not their own benefit um, right and it means wizards can set a budget it means wizards right. can set the dates around the next commander set that comes out or they can do it around do it around commander legends or something along that line as a way yeah. to, as a way to sort of sell that product but at the same time without getting overwhelming with it but in any event andy this was wonderful i really appreciate it oh it's it. been so good well that's going to do it for us. Uh, I'm Andy. You can find me on Twitter, on Twitch, both at AndyWeekend. I'm Bruce. You uh, you can try and find me on Twitch, but you won't. Uh, you <laughs> are much better off going to Twitter. I am at ManaBurned on Twitter. We're the Temple of the False Pod, where the plays aren't optimized, but they sure as heck are fun. Thank you for hanging out. We'll see you next time. Have a great night. Bye. Hey everyone, Andy here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Temple of the False Pod. Just a few housekeeping things here at the end of the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, pretty much wherever you can find podcasts. 
Subscribe and give us a review. It really helps out the show. And it'll show us what you like about our podcast. Uh, Also, we've got a Twitter and an Instagram. Our handle is falsepodmtg, all one word. So be sure to follow us. Feel free to reach out to us there or drop us an email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com and tell us your favorite magic-related story. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again to you and to Bruce. He's Mana Burned on Twitter, and I'm Andy Weekend on Twitter and Twitch. We're Temple of the False Pod, where our decks aren't optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Have a great night, and may your fifth land be the Temple.